Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast listeners, you are going to start hearing us recording from the sanctuary again. We have, as a congregation, decided to come back together to worship in person with masks on and a COVID protocol that is our way of prioritizing the most vulnerable among us, those who cannot be vaccinated or who are not vaccinated. So enjoy listening. And again, you might hear us from our sanctuary in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the recordings might actually end up um, sounding different in this setting, but we hope that you continue to listen, give us feedback, rate us on your different podcast listening apps and take good care. Be safe.
for those who don't know me, I'm uh, Keith Lindenick. I use he, him pronouns. And our bulletin is online. If you have a smart device and you want to go to Park, we can all do it together. You go to parkadvaptist.com. Make sure I'm telling you the right thing. Yeah, parkadvaptist.com. If you just scroll down like not even an inch, you'll see Sunday bulletin. If you can click on that. All our song lyrics and our order of worship will be on there. Uh, when you have it, maybe raise your phone up because we'll do our call to worship.
of this community that we're doing in this world, that you open up new doors for us to further extend your love in the world. God, we ask today that you just settle us. Maybe there's a new song, a new idea, a fresh word we need to hear from you. And we ask today that we not be so defensive or guarded, but that for this morning we are open to receive the love that you are pouring out upon us. We ask all these things in the name of the one true love that gathers us all here together today. So we come to the time in our service of meeting and greeting. Uh, obviously, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so gauge your comfort levels. If you want to just give a little distance bow, that's fine. If you're a hugger, you know, we, we love consent here. But now is the time uh, for you to just greet those around you and just say a word of hello. So let's greet each other in the name of Christ.
And do you want to, I'll hold it. Do you want to point out parts of it? And we'll show it to the damage too. What do, you, what do you see in this? I see a heart. A heart? Being lifted up. Being lifted up by a, a pulley, right? Yes. A pulley system? A pulley system? Nice. And what are the what are the words say that are on here? Do this. 
Jericho. They encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now it just so happened that a priest was also going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. When he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. And he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him, and when I would return, I would pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who had encountered the thieves? And the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The word of God Together, we will ascribe greatness to our God. 
And I was thinking about this one particular conversation that we had. Marquette said to me, and by the way, we talked about this. She knows that she was going to be sort of a big illustration in this sermon, so I appreciate you, Ms. Marquette, for saying yes and being willing. So, seeing through the heart, this song and this conversation kept spinning in my mind that Marquette and I had. And she said to me, well, if everybody gets to choose their pronouns, I think my pronouns are going to be ours and yours, we and us. The collective is what I took from what Miss Marquetta said. So this collective, this connectivity, is how she sees the world. And I really think that that is seeing the world through our hearts, seeing the world as we, seeing the world as ours and asking to be connected in that way with each other. I just think that's so beautiful. And this interconnection is what I want to focus on. And I see it illustrated in this famous greatest commandment and in this proverb, but maybe, uh, sorry, this parable, but maybe in a different way. So let's, let's think about interconnectivity, cells that are in orbit sharing space with each other, as we dig into proximity. So the greatest scripture, the greatest commandment, this scripture, is in all three of the synoptic gospels, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I chose to read it in Luke because it's followed immediately by this parable. A parable that we know well. A parable that maybe challenges us and has always challenged us. And this recitation of the greatest commandment, to love, first to love God who is one, that's my, my takeaway, to love God who is one, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And in the parables in Mark and in Matthew, we talked about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, what we here at Park I like to describe as the kingdom of God, the community of people that come together to Show God to each other. I see God in you. We say that so much. That's how I feel about it. And the reason I wanted to, to look at Luke is to look at the parable that comes right after as well. So when Jesus is teaching in the parable of Luke particularly, he's, he's using this method of teaching where he's asking questions. Um, and he's letting... This, this lawyer, this person, respond to him. So he asks the question, who is, who is the neighbor? Who is the neighbor in this parable? This parable that we know so well, right? Um, and I, so I've read a couple of things about parables, and particularly the works of John Dominic Crossan, who speaks about the parables and their purpose is to confound us, to confuse us purposely to like shake us up um, and shake us up so that we see again and in this case the the, the, the neighbor right let's see again the neighbor so in the, the point is not I think the point is right that we've heard is that we have love for our neighbor love our neighbor who loved the neighbor it was the one who helped the man who was harmed the man who was harmed on the side of the road. And 
what we can hear maybe on another level is why we would help the neighbor. Why, why we would act as a neighbor. And I think that answer is, is in the first part. It's in the greatest commandment. We love our neighbor as ourselves. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Does that require us to have self-love? I think that's the lesson we've learned so often. Well, I have to love myself in order to love my neighbor. Maybe, maybe if we think about Jesus as a wisdom teacher, if we think about mutuality and God's universe and this oneness with God that we see through Jesus, I think perhaps this greatest commandment is pushing us toward not loving our neighbor as much as we love ourselves, but instead loving our neighbor as ourselves. We are our neighbors. We orbit together this universe. Perhaps Jesus is really a wisdom teacher, push, pushing us to expand our minds. This expansion could be what Jesus is calling the kingdom of heaven, this well this well that never runs dry, this connection that we can see to each other and to everyone in the world. So when the man saw someone in pain, he was moved by compassion, not by knowing what was right and what was good, not by some moral law that told him to help. He was moved because he felt oneness with humanity not morality. I think we have so often cut short the meaning of parables in general, specifically this parable, by reducing it to morality. Who do we help? We help the one in need. Why? Why do we help the one in need? And I think the question for Park Avenue is, why do we help? Why do we do justice? We don't do justice because it's right. We do, or because Jesus tells us to, we are one with the community, and therefore, we do justice. I've thought for a really long time, you know, thinking about teaching little people and teaching young ones that this message of Christianity cannot be about morality. It cannot be about what is right and wrong. It's too simple. It's too obvious. It's too flexible. It's too often dictated by the times that we are in. Certain times tell us it's okay to be one way. Another time tells us different. So how does Christianity and the message of Jesus transcend time and place? Transcend space? Transcend even our human bodies, our separation physically from each other? And I think this it cannot be that Jesus calls us not to sin, and I'm so big on this when I when I teach um, my son is that I will never say that Jesus is sad about any way that he has acted. Particularly, let's say some of you might have heard this when you were younger. I'm, I'm hesitant to even say it out loud, but we've probably gotten this message elsewhere that Jesus cries when we lie. Right? This simplified, moralistic reduction of a teaching that is so much deeper than that. 
Jesus is not calling us to morality. Jesus is calling us to see each other as one, to see each other as our neighbor. We are our neighbors. And I, when, this, when this was really broke open for me, I was reading this book called The Wisdom of Jesus uh, by Cynthia Borgio, and everything just started to click with me. Why do we do what we do? And so this idea of seeing through our hearts became alive for me once again, seeing the Spirit of God in everyone and literally seeing myself as my neighbor, love my neighbor as myself, as one person, as one body connected and temporarily separated, let's say. We can't boil down the teachings of Jesus to tell us to be nice people or even activists, right? I think that's going to be the challenging part for us is, is why do we do justice, right? Because progressive church is changing how we've interpreted morality in the past, right? How we've interpreted what to do to be in right relationship or even what to believe to be orthodox, to be in right belief. But maybe we can't change it to another moral position. We need to change how we even think of the lessons of Jesus. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is right now. The kingdom of God is within. The kingdom of God, could that be this higher consciousness that Jesus is calling us toward? What I'm calling right now, seeing through the eyes of our hearts? I think that this higher consciousness is above belief. It's above even reverence. It is a consciousness of the connection of the universe together, moving in harmony, pushing up against each other, yeah, in proximity with each other. One of my favorite metaphors is this kingdom, kingdom of God, but maybe I'm going to go back to the kingdom of God. What else, what else could we use to talk about this oneness, this synchronicity? I think King called it mutuality, this mutuality of, of life, the mutuality uh, and I love how we did those prayers. One of us has a victory, and it is a, it is a victory for all of us. That is mutuality lived out. Practicing this oneness is so hard. <laughs> I think for me, trying to do centering prayer, and there are many traditions within Christianity that are essentially um, about meditation, and focusing the mind to be able to reach that next level of consciousness. I'm still at this like first level of consciousness. So getting to that next level for me is it's a challenge. This is my challenge to myself. Um, and maybe you'll come on that journey with me to see the wisdom that wisdom Jesus is leading us toward a meditative self that is interrelated and connected at a level that I haven't seen yet. Let's, I, I'm just going to be honest. Getting, y'all know this about me, getting clean many years ago, um, 
I learned this idea of letting go. Let go and let God. That is so hard. And there are so many reasons why I can't do that. The world, right? The people in the world. Um, the, the call to justice, morality. These are the things that when I say to myself, I need to let go. I need to be well, right? I need to connect in the ways that I can connect. There are so many ways that my mind pushes back on that because it's hard. It's hard amid the injustice that is so prevalent in our world to say, I let go. I am opening my mind and I'm just taking this time to connect with God without thinking about what I have to do, what I have to take care of, what I have to do next, do, do, do. What I have to be is that connected person. And so I think this is about being, and that's hard for me. I think sitting and being, it's incredibly hard. And especially if we have trauma, if we have this next level, this ignited limbic system, this response to the world that happens all the time, right? Coming back together in person, we're going to be tapping up against those parts of ourselves again. That part that lights up the sort of back part of my brain where I move from what my personality, who I am, what I want to be, to a response to the world that is um, reflexive, that is a part of me that responds to the trauma that I've been through, right? And I think we all have experienced trauma. And so how do I move from that part back into my body, into being? I think that is the work that Jesus is calling us toward. And so the work of this community resiliency model, this resourcing and, and, and getting into a meditative state of connecting back to our being is the work that Jesus is calling me to right now. It's not the work of morality. It's not the work of doing right. I think those are the ways that we work into our lives and become a part of a community of people that are doing that. So how do we then open our minds as to why we are doing that? Why heal each other? Why get from that traumatic brain back into our bodies, into the being part of us? So can we see ourselves as interconnected? I have this, this poem that I want to read um, that unsurprisingly is by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and unsurprisingly, this is a teacher outside of the Christian Jesus tradition, um, the tradition of actions and paths, tend to, and ways toward meditative states and toward oneness, I think have been taken, or maybe are, are need to come back, need to be revised in the Christian walk. So here is a poem called Interrelationship. You are me, and I am you. Isn't it obvious that we inter are? 
You cultivate the flower in yourself so that I will be beautiful. I transform the garbage in myself so that you will not have to suffer. I support you. You support me. I am in this world to offer you peace. You are in this world to bring me joy. We can see through the eyes of our hearts. We can find a new and fresh flowing water of inspiration to act in compassionate ways with each other, to come into connectivity, to let our connection, to let our beings lead us in our struggles for justice, to lead us toward that compassionate focus, that higher con consciousness, those eyes of our heart that can guide us. We can love our neighbors, not because it is right, but because we are our neighbors. May God make it so. Oh, 
please come bring book bags, school supplies to students uh, so that we can give back to the community. Uh, we also have a connection with my barber who's right next door right by the fire station. They're opening up their space um, for kids as well. And those of you online, if you could please spread the word. Um, we are doing $5 haircuts. Normally these are $20 haircuts, but they're from 4 to 6 o'clock. Um, anyone that comes into it will be Park Avenue. They can go over to the barbershop that's right next to the fire station. Uh, and they're going to have five, four, three, four barbers. You can go and get your haircut for $5. And that's going to be on Park Avenue. Amen. Came to our time of giving. Um, as always, you can text give to 470-300-1731. You also can go to parkadvantage.com/give. And we also if you have the kind of money that owes the jingle, the baskets are in the bag. If you have a credit card, we also have our swiping machine up and going as well. But let us pray over our offering this morning. God of abundance, God, uh, who is uh, our wonderful gift giver. We come and first and foremost always thanking you for the gift of life and the breath of life. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And we come at this time just to give a little of that back for the building of your kingdom, for the connection that we have in love in this space. We ask that it be spread throughout the world. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen.
for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.